Breaking news. Welcome to Will and Merzane's special TTS report. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. And my name is Will, and you're probably wondering, wait a second, why is this the normal House Party Protocol, but also the TTS special report? And that's because I had a scheduling conflict this week, so this is what we get. It's me and the one and only King of Tennessee, Emperor of the longest state in the Union. At least that's what I'm <laughs> going to go with here. And that's Merzane. What's happening, my guy? Not much. I don't know if it's the longest, but it is a state. Well, I know like there's like a thing, like tip to tip, right? Like from, from Memphis, which is like southwesterly tip, to like northeasterly tip of Tennessee is pretty darn long. Probably not the longest. But maybe not the longest, but I'll take average. Yeah. You know, look that and that's that's what counts. All right. It's it's, it's it's the averagest length state, and you know what? Perfectly reasonable. And it's a good state. It it every time I have experienced Tennessee, it's been a good experience. Yes. So I don't care if it's if it's a really long state. It's well, just been a good state. For you, it has definitely been a good experience considering how often state. you've won here. <laughs> I mean you I, should, Look, maybe I am no. I say I'm not undefeated in in Tennessee because I lost twice at NashCon, but I went on to beat to win it. Uh, that would be that would have been a really interesting statistic if I was unbeaten in tournaments in Nash, Nashville or not Nashville, uh, Tennessee. That would have been awesome. But also, like, imagine if you'd have been playing your TTS games here in Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I need, physically I, I just be move. in Tennessee. All my energy is in Tennessee. I really need to move. Clearly. <laughs> so anyways uh, i want to thank the suits out there for listening this week we are doing just the tts special as kind of our regular house party protocol episode and part of the additional reasoning for that is one like i said scheduling conflicts look life happens it is what it is but also the fact that you know we've been doing a bunch with hpp lately and i've loved every second of it and i hope that you all have too but I feel like there's just been so much that uh, maybe gives some people a chance to catch up. So here we are. And I want to start off with talking about my match this week from the mm -hmm. TTS League because a really important thing happened. And it was a concession. And yep. look, this kind of thing happens. And I want to say to my opponent, his name was uh, Nellen. He and I chit-chatted back and forth quite a bit. We talked about a lot of different stuff. You know, very nice person. Uh, he's actually from Chile, he told me, which is pretty awesome. And I was really excited for that matchup, especially after everything we talked about, but also just uh, talking with him throughout the week. We were really trying to make it happen. And, you know, life just happens, right? Like, yep. you know. It is what it is, and it stinks that we weren't able to have our match. And from a personal perspective, I'm sitting here now at three and one. And it's like kind of this weird three and one. You know what I mean? Because it's, mm -hmm. I didn't earn it per se. But look, you know, it's people might have something an opinion about that or whatever but it is what it is it's part of the league it's part of life and we're going to keep on plugging and hopefully i just need to win two more and we're in the promised land baby mhm mm yep you have two more to win two more games two more wins and you're in and and that is the goal so yep. that was my match and 
you know, Nellen and I talked, we want to get a match in at some point down the line. So we're definitely going to try to make that happen. And, you know, I encourage people out there, if you're in a situation where you're playing TTS or, or some kind of league situation, like we had a league locally here where it was, I wasn't able to be there on our league nights. And I'm not the only one that was not able to be there on league nights. And, you know, sometimes you just can't make those commitments and being flexible and being able to try to do the best you can for each individual's situation to make things happen. You know, I encourage everyone to have a positive outlook on that and to be as flexible as possible with that kind of thing. And, you know, again, shout out to Nellen. He super nice, like seriously nice person. So I, uh, I really hope that we get to get a match in soon. But uh, Merzane, now let's uh, let's pivot and talk about your match from this past week because I heard things went a little bit awry. Um, yeah, it's been a really I've probably said this before. It's been a bit of a rough season. Um, I played against Wakanda, and Oof. he drew Gamma Waves, and we played Gamma Waves Spider Infected on seventeen. Woof. Yeah, woof. Uh, he uh he took the Wakanda nine so. Uh, Panther, Okoye, Shuri, mm-hmm. and then eight point Thanos with the space and mind gem. I mean, and is there any other way to play Thanos at this point? Reality somewhere, but not really. Not reality, in this reality is really good too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I took Hulk, Blade, Doctor Voodoo, and Black Cat. And really, what I needed to do is just start killing people, make him not count on the points. Maybe flip Thanos so he can't push people around with cosmic portal because on his backside, he does not have the cosmic portal, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work out that way. And, um, he scored a very, very fast, very, um, quick win that I just couldn't recover from. Uh, Thanos on round two opened up the round by, uh, punching voodoo for four damage after he took a gamma damage and then punching black cat for more than her health's worth of damage. Throwing him into throwing her into voodoo and almost killing voodoo uh, as well. Wow! And it was it just kind of went downhill. There there wasn't a whole lot of I didn't have a lot of gamma play. I'm not very good on gamma, especially not as good as Wakanda. I really need things to go my way, basically to to win against anyone on gamma, especially Wakanda, because Wakanda is one of the best on gamma. And it just didn't work out. Uh, he played a good game. He did it right. He kept me off the points, which is what you do. Uh, he, he rolled some good guy dice. I rolled some mediocre, not bad. I didn't get diced. Uh, yeah. there were good and there were bad dice for me, but it, that wasn't why I lost. I lost, uh, because he had so much control and I didn't have an answer for it. Um, I was really hoping for bonkers dice to win, uh, in that scenario. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, gaming in that game. I think yeah. I really had to make big risks and it didn't work out and that's fine. It was still a fun game. He was a good guy. Um, uh, and now we're sitting at one and three, the exact opposite of you. Maybe nice. maybe when I lose, it feeds you a win. I, I mean, if that's the case, I'll take it. Is question mark? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to. Do you know, if, if look, if that's how, just how karma works out, that's how it works out, I guess. If I have to sacrifice my wins for your wins, or if I lose to make you win, I'll do it, brother. There you go. We'll, we'll do this. I appreciate you. 
I appreciate. I'll lend you my energy. All right, thanks. I'm I'm going to channel the Merzaniness in this matchup this week. So let me ask you this question then, because at this point, like you said, you're sitting at one and three, and you and I have had some talks about kind of where you're going next in terms of what you want to play and that kind of stuff. Because you're kind of feeling tapped out on Midnight Suns. Would that be an accurate description? A little bit, yeah. I've had success with them, and I have had a lack of success with them now. Right. Um, so I feel like I've exhausted what I've wanted to do with Midnight Suns, which was play my cool characters and learn what they can do. Okay. And I think that they're good, but right now the current competitive metagame does not support them being a very good affiliation. And when you come across good players and affiliations that are a little better... You're on your back foot a lot. And a lot of matchups require you to get good dice. And right. This is a game where you cannot rely on dice to get you out of sticky situations. You can try, and it works sometimes. But if that's your game plan, which has been my game plan a lot, like I've just had that's just what I've had to do. <laughs> yeah. Um then you you can't reliably win games. And as I've proven, this this uh, league, uh, you you can frequently lose. So um, I, I'm, I think it's time that maybe not right now. I'm going to finish the season out. Of course, with the night suns, I have to, and I, I committed to it. I want to play them some more, uh, but I, I probably will be dropping them for a little while. I got you. So with that in mind, before we kind of get deeper into the like weekly discussion here about my matchup and stuff like that, what do you feel like that is their biggest limitation? I mean, do you feel like it's a lack of control? Is it a control through dice? And if the dice don't just work out, I mean, because I know that you don't generally like to discuss like whether dice were a factor or not. And Mm -hmm. they are, and they aren't, you know, it's, it's more a perception versus reality thing. Like, so me as a player, I've, I've been that guy that's complained about dice on many occasions, and look, I'm I'm used to having bad dice, quote unquote, right? Like that's it's I complain about it, but ultimately I also know that a dice roll here or there is not what lost me the game or won me the game. It's overall play within the context mm-hmm. of a game. But you know, with that said, when you have a faction like the Midnight Suns, who have a dearth of control elements, more or less, then the dice play heavy into it. And like I said, perception versus reality a second ago, a lot of times what ends up happening, I know this happens in my games, I'm sure it happens in yours, you'll have like a die roll, like we've talked about before, where it's like you make this crazy gambit, and you're like, man, if this pays off, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and then, or or not even a crazy gambit, but you're just like, okay, in my game that I lost... All right, I'm gonna roll seven dice into Toad, and I I need five here. I've got the Wild Pierce. Let's see what happens. Come on, die Toad, right? And yep. and you're you're banking on it, but the math on that doesn't support that decision, more or less, right? Yep. But you you see that die roll fail, whatever the circumstances are, and then it kind of can build up this like momentum of where like. Well, that one good roll that you had, well, cr- screw that roll. That roll's the exception, not the rule. The rule is that I have bad rolls. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, I know I find myself falling into that trap quite a bit, and I need to be better about it. But like, 
that's that's what I'm getting at with this like perception of having bad dice versus reality of like it's the pivotal roles that really make a difference for people and the ones that you remember as either good or bad that you end up applying and then as, as I'm speaking of myself but I think this is a universal application to a lot of people you end up applying those kind of feels to the entire match a lot of times I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. what you did here in any case obviously but I guess the bigger question is again like what do you feel like that their limitations are and again like that lack of control element is that where you feel like that they are lacking a little bit. The big thing is that what's really good in the metagame right now are um, things like Criminal Syndicate, Black Order, um, Web Warriors are pretty good right now. Those are the big three that people talk about a lot. Okay, and since and then, since this since this TTS special report is more focused on that deeper competitive level, I, I do mm-hmm. want to get into this. I normally keep it high level, casual as much as possible. But, like, what do you mean? What makes those factions so specifically strong right now? Like, I feel like I know, but maybe somebody out there listening that's trying to kind of gain an understanding more of that casual competitive nature. Yep. Uh, So, long story, without getting really deep, um, they just have some really powerful options right now with, like, Black Cat and Dr. Voodoo um, to be able to control a lot of the game very easily. The random objectives makes it very hard to take uh, crises to stop them. So, for example, right. before the crisis change, what you could do for like a criminal syndicate matchup is you could have a single crisis on both your extracts and your secures to say, hey, if I come across criminal syndicate, this is the this is the crisis I'll play, and I'll probably get it because I'll ditch one and I'll have I have a you know a one in three chance to not get it because you would ditch one and then you'd pick from the two that you have. Uh, same for Black Order. You you would have, and to an extent, Web Warriors. You would have these um, crises that you could add to your list to not hard counter them, but to make it easier for your side to win. You don't have that anymore. So a lot of the crisis metagame has been, if you're playing a, a list like those, you choose the crises that help you best. So in Criminal Syndicate, it's stuff like uh, the Fisk the Fisk witnesses mm-hmm. typically high impact secures that maybe there's fewer of them or in the, on the flip side, you get like sinister scoundrels where there are, as there's a spread of them and you can spread a wide team out to contest many of them. And because they count as two characters when contesting, you typically beat someone on at least one of their home points and probably the middle. It becomes very hard for you to score unless you're killing them, which can be hard because criminal syndicate characters are tanky and then you're relying on dice, which is what we are talking about being an issue a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Order will just murder you if the if you're not careful and you used to take things to help to make the game take longer and spread them out and you can't do that as efficiently now. Um, and then with Web Warriors, there were certain things they didn't like, but there wasn't like a hard counter to them. They, they, all these affiliations just really like these random um, crises. And then they've also got other crises like Sinister Scoundrels, Deadly Legacy Virus, Research Station that have come out recently that help their strategies a lot. So, yeah. and, and they're just popular. So because they're popular, they're going to be around a lot. And even if they're not the best, if you if they are good and they're popular, you have to have an answer to them. 
Because if you don't, you'll come across them most likely because there's a lot of them and then you'll lose, which yeah. is what's happened to me is I really didn't have a good answer to these affiliations and their strategies. And I have suffered immensely <laughs> for it. <laughs> right. So with that, then do you, you, you know, we're talking about midnight suns and how you feel like they're good, but they have limitations. Do you feel like that those limitations that you're able to mitigate those matchups in some way, obviously it hasn't worked out this season, but do you feel like that there is an answer somewhere within Midnight Suns, and by that I mean even splashing an out-of-affiliation character in there for these negative matchups, or is it just a case of sometimes it's just the bad versus the good matchup and there's not really much you can do in terms of splashing a character here or there or whatever? Um, I'm not sure. Like, There's certainly ways to do it. It's just hard. Um it's harder than it needs to be. A lot of other affiliations or those big affiliations I talked about just have an easier time doing it. Um, and there's other affiliations that can do them more consistently because all in all, Midnight Suns is a faction that wants to fight. Um, they have really good attacks, very high impact. They have very good utility on these attacks. Um, they have characters that want to fight and they get a lot of their control elements through their fighting. Or, or their utility options through their fighting. So when you're in a metagame like ours right now, it's very what we would call control-oriented because you have stuff that's trying to, you know, hold points, keep deny you points, keep your characters away, stuff like that. Um, when you have that kind of metagame, fighty teams usually aren't that great because you're having to spend half of your actions getting back onto points so you don't lose, and you lose a lot of damage output. Right, And then you also have to roll dice, and rolling dice, as I've discussed, isn't always consistent. Exactly. So, when, as an aside, I was playing, when I won NashCon, because I, I, I played with a fighty team from with Sam Spam. Uh, Sam Spam is a bit different, because with Midnight Suns, you typically take four or five characters. So you have four or five characters that are rolling dice, maybe two actions apiece, and you have a they usually have more dice in their attacks, mm-hmm. but there's only so many attacks you make in a game. And it, you have to hope they average out or go high with a, a wider list like Sam or even guardians. Um, when you have lots of characters like those affiliations, you get a lot more characters attacking and with a lot more attacks, you have a lot higher odds to either average out or spike your dice, which means that fighting works because you have so many chances at it. Right. Midnight Suns, not so much. You have fewer chances, so you have to rely on them being good. And if you miss, if you have a, a couple misses, it's typically gets worse and worse for you. Um, right. Which is an issue with fighting in this in this game in particular because the dice are so swingy. So, uh, how is Black Order then? Because we mentioned fighting teams. Like uh, again, I know the answer to this. Let's. I just. I'm, yep. It's more about. The people out there, the suits out there. How is, when we talk about fighty teams, you know, Midnight Suns, like you've said, is a fighty team, but we've also got a team like Black Order who is, like you said earlier, wants to kill you. So how does Black Order do it where Midnight Suns doesn't? Black Order has very efficient attacks and particularly Corvus Glaive. So Corvus Glaive has a superpower called Glaive's Edge that you pay three power and your next attack counts blanks as successes. He also takes the reality gem. So one of his skulls is a crit 
And what happens is on any of your attack rolls, as long as you pay three power, which you typically do because you're trying to murder people, mm-hmm. you um you end up getting seven out of eight die faces will succeed. So Oof. the only non-success side on your dice is the shield. Um, on top of that, because that, that's really good. So typically Corvus does a lot of damage, it, him, him doing max damage or more because he has a double chance to crit as well. It's, it's very likely he's going to do between four to six damage on a five die strike or with his seven die death blow. He can do anywhere from like six plus like sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, and then his death blow has a potential to flurry and he can move as part of death blow. So he can hit one guy, kill them in one hit, which is an uncommon move medium. He's got a big base, so he'll move pretty far and then strike someone with the flurry attack. This one won't have the counting blanks, but with the added reality gem skull, it's, t- it's pretty likely he'll do damage. And then he's got a wild pierce on his strike. So he does a lot of damage. And on top of that, the three main characters that black order uses Thanos, who has a lot of control elements with, I talked about with cosmic portal and mind gem, right? Making him very difficult. It's hard to just score points against them because he'll typically move you off of them or move you closer to them to be, to be killed. Um, those three all can reduce damage. Corvus and Proxima by one to a minimum of one and Thanos just one in general. Yeah. So they're very hard to kill back consistently. And then not to so, mention the little death decree action to make Corvus even that much better. Yeah. Thanos has an ability called death decree that adds dice to attacks. Uh, and if they are injured rather than add the default two dice with death decree, it adds four. So there is a bit of a damned if you do damned if you don't with Corvus where you try to kill him. And if you daze him and he activates first and death decrees, he can get an 11 die death blow or a nine die strike where Ugh. blanks count. And it's very painful. Yeah. So I think that's really good to illustrate because I don't think I've kind of broken it down in those ways before on this podcast. And like it's the quote unquote everyone knows, but you don't know until you really see it and you hear it broken down in that way. Yeah. And that is something why that affiliation is the murder affiliation, like one yeah. for one. And it's specifically because of Corvus. And look, you can splash Corvus anywhere you want. And that's my next question for you is, is there an argument for Corvus and Midnight Suns? I was very close to it in the in the swap. I ended up going with Hella because I wanted to try this current configuration. If I come back to Midnight Suns, which I will, I... I like the characters a lot, so I'll, I'll come back to it at some point. Um, I would be, I would try Corvus. I think Corvus is pretty good. And There's other things that make him really good in, in um, Black Order too. It's not just him; it's all three together, combined with the fact that they're like low activation. So a lot of the time they kill you and keep priority. So there's a lot more depth to it. We could probably have an entire episode of why oh, this situation sure. so good <laughs> for sure. So, we won't get too far into it, but it is yeah. very good. Feel free to feel free to message at least me and I can yeah. help like talk to you about it because there's a lot. It, it is it is a very in-depth. Yeah. Um, and look, it's, it's another right. thing, too. I'll gladly talk about it. It's one of those things we, we've definitely talked about before over on the House Party Protocol Discord channel, which if you are interested in joining us in the chillest, some have said the illest. It might uh. even be the thrillest. 
of all Discord channels, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And for as little as a dollar a month, so 12 bucks a year, you can come and hang out with us and support the show. And it's, again, to all the suits over there that are a part of that program and in our Discord channel, I cannot thank you enough and I I love it every every single time. It's just it's a wonderful place, and I love chit chatting in there. So yeah, Merzane, like it's a very interesting thing to think about putting Corvus in not only Midnight Suns, but I think he plays in a lot of places. Like I know Aaron from the Web Warriors protocols; he used him extensively in his Web Warriors for a while. Yeah, um, I think he's good there too. Like there's, uh, Corvus is very. Sp- like splashable as he it is. would be. And uh, let me ask you this though. Do you think that you would splash Corvus and Proxima into Midnight Suns or just one? Probably just one. Um, the reason being you talked about going, typically I do four or five characters. Um, if I'm doing four characters, I can only have one out of affiliation character. So right. Proxima probably wouldn't get taken a lot in those situations because it's going to be him first. Um, and then if I am taking five and I can do two out of affiliation options, it's probably Mystique because Mystique does a lot of very good things with um, Midnight Suns, which we've talked about a few times. You know, oh, yeah. Deception and her, her shenanigans. Oh, yeah. If you haven't uh, been listening to these TTS special reports, go back and listen to especially the first one because that's yep. the one where we really get into the Mystique love there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just... It's just interesting, you know, because I feel like that this season, like we talked about before, it's it's been a little rough in general for you. But at the same time, I feel like you got a lot of good lessons learned out of it. Oh, yeah. There's I'm not upset to have lost and not done well because there's all like, well, it's more fun to win, obviously. And <laughs> I would rather win. And I'd rather be in contention to get into the, into the cuts like you do or you are um, like I still had fun. I saw a lot of fun games, and that's really all I uh, I wanted to do was have fun games. I, I don't play competitively because I'm uh, dead set on winning. I play competitively because I want to see how well I can do. Yeah, and, I and it's fun. Optimize. And I like that that out of out of game gaming a lot too. Um, and then it's also really fun to go to events and match make with people. Essentially, I, I use I use TTS as a matchmaking device more than competitive outlet <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i see that like for me tts is really interesting because it exposes you to a much broader set of people than what you would normally in your local area be exposed to and that's not to say that anyone's local area is bad or anything like that it's just diversity is the spice of life and so having a tool like tts to be able to interact with other people that you normally wouldn't, I think is really great. Like one of the people that I played this season, uh, Matt from MK miniatures, he and I are, are chit chatting back and forth now developing a little friendship. It's nice. And you know, that's kind of one of the things that I think that this is really great for. I mean, shoot, you and I didn't meet in person for almost a year, but we knew who we were and we chit chatted and talked a little bit before meeting in person and became friends over playing TTS, you know? Which so. I would like to point out the best, the best meeting you. It, it was, it was great because it was at one of Nate's events. Uh, I was there in the very first table right by the door playing my about to start the round one. You and I can't remember what his name is. Shane. Right now, I'm sorry. Shane. Yeah. Shane, you and Shane bust up in there 
20 minutes late. We've stalled, waited for you guys to get there, haven't gotten there. We're going to start round one, bust up in there 20 minutes late like a freaking rock star. But yeah, we made it. <laughs> I heard you I heard you speak, and I'm like, that's Will. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Story of my life whenever I have to travel to anything. I mean, yeah, what can I say? You know what I mean? Like, I, if I'm not late, it's not on time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it was it was uh it was top tier. I I was a uh, I was very happy with it. And yeah. it was funny because I was low key trying to get matched against you so we could play because I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I mean, like if you two don't want to play, you like we haven't started. We could like swap up. Like I could play, I could play one of you because it's gonna be because like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know it. if you would recognize me yet. So it'd be very funny to just like start playing. That would have been oh, awesome. Oh yeah, by the way. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I don't think I would have recognized you at the time, but obviously now we know. Now yep. we know. But speaking of playing games, Merzane, so I don't know about you, but I feel like that we don't really need to talk about your matchup because there's no sense in really trying to metagame in the situation you're in. It's just kind of have fun, roll dice, right? Yep, and if he's listening, like, if you, if the guy that I'm playing is listening and you wanted me to do a deep dive, like, I haven't even looked at your list yet because I just want to play games and have fun. Um, yeah. I always talk to my opponents afterwards. We can talk about your list and stuff afterwards. It's I, nothing personal. It's just we're both one and three. It's just time to have fun. Exactly. And I will say, look, there's nothing wrong with if you're playing TTS or in an event and you're sitting in a position of, you know, one and two, oh and two, one and three, whatever the situation is. There's nothing wrong with still trying to analyze and get better and trying to use the information you have, like we have with these lists that are in the TTO thing, and trying to improve. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, you know, this is just in terms of the podcast and all of that stuff. We're just chilling and having a good time. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't want to do that. I don't want to put you through doing all that. It doesn't make sense if it's not something that you're feeling. And I, I think that, that that's perfectly reasonable. But I do want to say that no matter what situation you're in out there in terms of your competitive versus not competitive, making the cuts versus not making the cuts, you play the game however you want. But there's nothing wrong with still taking it seriously, even in that lower part of the bracket if you will there's nothing wrong with that at all because it is ultimately still a league and if you're sitting there i've been sitting there at one and three before in tts season and come back like i've only ever had a 50 50 record in tts so i've been sitting there at one and three before and had ended up with that kind of middle of the road record and it's because i keep trying to improve my game even though i'm sitting there having fun having a good time it's still something you can do and something you can work on. So if that is something that you're you're wanting to do, then by all means do it. Yep. So with that, yeah, nothing said, nothing wrong with wanting to analyze and and like optimize exactly. in, in every game. And part of league is that you have it, the unique part of the league is that you have your opponent's list available to you, and it's not going to be available everywhere. Oh yeah, you go to a tournament, so, it's likely to not be available. It's not available to you until the, until you sit down, essentially. So right. it's good to, you know, if you want to, to take the time to analyze because the more familiar you are with more lists and what things do and the more you can start to like piece together that stuff, the better it is for you when you go to an event and someone hands you their list, you can look at it and say, oh, I've already done this analysis for, for, for generally what the list is. 
You know, I already know yeah. generally what you're trying to do. Yeah. So and it's I, good practice, even if you're not trying to be competitive, to take, take try to take apart your opponent's list and figure out what their plans are. Exactly. Uh, that is exactly it. So keep on keeping on out there, Suits. So now, Merzane, with that, let's talk about my matchup this week. And you're going to love it. I I am. Because I'm playing Midnight Suns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah into midnight into suns. midnight suns yeah yeah so yeah i am very excited about this matchup and i feel like that there is no better person on this earth than to have you right here with me right now discussing this i'm just saying i i, I don't know about the best i don't know if i'm the best midnight suns player in the world but i'm one of the best midnight, midnight suns, suns player i said no one better than to discuss it in oh, maybe. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a, like, that's a, the way I said that, it's also not like a dig. <laughs> no. Because I was no, like, no, no, you're not the best. I didn't mean it like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's late. It's late. We're both, we're both tired. Exactly. <laughs> so, so my opponent is playing Midnight Suns and I'm going to start at the top. The characters he's taken here are Black Cat, Blade, Bullseye, Dr. Voodoo, Ghost Rider. Here's an interesting one. Groot. Root. And then Iron Fist, Moon Knight, Rogue, and Vision. His tactics cards are Deal with the Devil, Disarm, Field Dressing, Follow Me, Heroes for Hire, Indomitable, Med Pack, Sacrifice, Siege of Darkness, and we are Groot. Mm-hmm. Secure Crisis. Tell me if you've heard these before. Demons uh-huh. downtown, intrusions open across the city, and Terrigen Clouds sweeps the city. Extract mm-hmm. Crisis. Alien ship crashes downtown. Hammers. And then we've got Research Station attacked. So the reason why I say tell me if you've heard those before is because, again we have a situation where four out of six crisis are the exact same ones I have. Yep. So I'm here for it. And now let's talk about first up the characters. I kind of dig it. So his, his goal is a little bit different than mine. My two goals were to grab a middle objective and leave. So you had to come to me and then also, um, use mystique siege of darkness turn, uh, or use Siege Darkness Mystique's turn to bypass a lot of defensive tech and get value. He doesn't have that capability in this build. He also doesn't have any big boys like I did with Hulk. So I think he's going for a more value play. Um, Rogue and Vision are very interesting fours. Vision obviously is a turret. He's going to sit back and he's going to shoot and drain your power. Right. Throw you off stuff. The four Mystic defense is really good. It's going to be good, but at least it's not five. (laughs) This is true. Um, the big thing is going to be throwing him and throwing things into him and stuff will be hard. Yeah. Considering I only have voodoo or if I bring a Hulk. Yep. So be, be very uh, aware of what phase he's in. If, if I would make a habit of, if you're ever thinking of throwing into him or throwing or pushing him saying, what phase is he in right now? Oh, every okay. time. Yep. Every time. Now, TTS does a really great job of like the model actually changes based on the face. 
which yep. is really cool. However, I am 100% with you. It does not matter what's going on. What phase is Vision in? What phase is Vision in? It, it does not matter. Like every yep. turn, probably twice a turn, I'm going to be asking that question because I expect to see Vision on this table. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He could also do Rogue. She's another interesting one. She, So, little tangent. I never played against Rogue until, recent, I think, Sunday. Me and Kenny played a game. Oh, she's so good, dude. Uh, I was a little shocked because I thought her power drain ability was four dice and crit and wilds. Like, I thought it worked exactly like, um, like Counter-Strikes and stuff. Mm, and that's where you're wrong. And it is not. It is hit, crit, or wild, and it is five dice. Uh, and it is obnoxious. And then it she is. has sap on her attack, and she throws buildings at you. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see her. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I would see, and this is where I think, like when we're talking about what I expect my opponent to do, I expect my opponent to look at my list and be like, "Who's better in this?" And I think he would expect Vision to ultimately be better, especially if we're on something like demons. Mm-hmm. Because then he can sit on that back demon portal and just blast. True. And then he's got the four mystic defense, so he probably thinks he wouldn't have to worry about physical or energy as much. I mean, maybe. Like, if you looked at my list and you had Vision and Rogue sitting there, like, I agree with you. I think Rogue, to me, Rogue's a choice more than Vision. Like, Vision's good, don't get me wrong. But if we get demons or intrusions, I think Rogue provides more value. Yeah, I, I think that he I think he can do either. And like you said, I think he, there's good options for both. I think what he'll do is he'll do rogue for more general, like more damage across the board and a little bit more control, maybe. No, we're not control, but like non-movement control, draining yeah. your power and stuff. And then the throw on her on her uh spender. Whereas right. he'll do vision if he wants more control and also if he wants more burst, because if you're not on your book's turn, on your uh, ironbound book's turn. Uh, Vision's spender is going to knock the crap out of you, and it will not be pleasant. Oh, dude, that's what's so crazy is his Synthesoid Avenger is very good and a very underrated attack. It's range three, so pretty good range, seven dice for four power, and you don't get to add crit results, and you cannot roll crit results. It's it's the same thing as Dark Clyde, or you know what it's really called, Dark Child. Dark on Clyde. magic dude I, I i swear to god i thought it was dark clyde for the longest time and i was like i don't get it but okay cool that's pretty top tier yeah so it, you know dark clyde it's the same thing so yeah super good <laughs> yeah no i it, it'll it'll sneak up on you and that's the thing like vision's one of those characters like if we're talking about how we did in the last game prioritizing if i see a vision or a rogue they they move near the top because yep. vision gets around my mystic defense tech. Like my energy defense isn't bad, but my I want the mystic stuff and like mm-hmm. energy into strange is fine because he still gets the mystic armor, but he's only rolling three dice instead of more. Yep. I, I, I have a feeling you'll see one of them. And I, the other one I really want to talk about is uh Groot. Groot is a really, really interesting choice. Yeah. So, I see that here, right? So here's what I think. Let me let me see if you jive with this. So I see he's got Groot. And like you talked about earlier with your Midnight Suns, and, and yeah, his is a little different, so it's not one for one here. But mm-hmm. you talked about playing four, maybe five wide. 
Yep. And in that scenario, especially four wide, you only have room for the one out of affiliation character. If you're playing five wide, you have room for two. And I feel like if we get something like a demons or uh, an intrusions or, I mean, really, if you look at all of his crisis, look at his crisis and then you look at my crisis. So his lowest point value crisis is research station at 16. Everything Mm -hmm. else is 18 or above. And it's very similar to mine how I have my lowest crisis is 17. So five wide is probably what he's going to do. And I could see a scenario where we play something clumped up. Research. I bet Groot's there for research station because he can take a little damage and then we are Groot everybody to heal him up. Yeah, I was about to say we are Groot's going to be. It's the second med pack. He, he's banking on, I think, fighting and winning the fight. Strange can heal. Groot can heal himself. And we are Groot. He's got med pack. So what he's expecting is he didn't to, have strange, by the way. Oh, he doesn't have strange. No. Oh, it's voodoo. I'm stupid. I don't know how to read. You can keep that in. <laughs> um, scratch that. He's not taking strange for some reason, uh, but it looks like he's trying to fight and he's trying to heal. and He's trying to basically kill a lot of the damage that you would put into him. Yeah. With stuff like, uh, cause that's what all of his crisis tell me. So demons, like you said, clumps, Terrigen mists. There's only two, and it's very, it's very good strategy for Terrigen is to just take one side very heavily. Yeah, make your opponent come to you. Um, intrusions is a clumped up scenario where you can move, where you can portal around and and move around in the fight. Alien ships, there's not, there, it's not really an objective. So you want to fight instead. Research station clumped up, and hammers is all about killing people. <laughs> Exactly. So I think he's trying to fight, and I think he's trying to outlast with all of his healing abilities. Yeah. That's kind of the read I get, too. So the question is, do you think I have to worry about a Groot and a We Are Groot period plan that I'm going to have to deal with that? Uh, Maybe. I don't think it's a big deal for you because you have what he doesn't like seeing, which is energy. Exactly. He likes seeing Mystic either. So if you really wanted to focus him, I don't think he's a hard one to remove. Um, and then you've also got a lot of ways to control people, to get people out of the, we are Groot range, make him make hard decisions or move Groot somewhere else. So maybe if he's already activated Groot, uh, we are Groot is, I don't believe it's during his activation. He can use it. Um, we are, he's, yeah, yeah. It's just anytime during his action, you could teleport him away or something so that if he's already activated and hasn't used, we are Groot, he doesn't have a good way to use we are group exactly. out of position. So I'm not too concerned. And I think your, your main objective is going to be focusing people down and yeah. not spreading the damage. If you're in a situation where you're doing a clumped up fight. Right. And I agree with you there. I think that, I think we're going to be in a clumped up fight and this is going to, I think be reminiscent to my first matchup where we had hammers and intrusions and that was a little different because one of the hammers was effectively done in by a sinister trap, which is fine. But I think something like that, where it's just, it's either going to be straight down main street, straight across main street and not much else. Like if, if I somehow pull my secures and I pull spider portals, I, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? think it's good for you though. I think it's great for me if yeah. I pull spider portals. 
yeah, I, I think you definitely like being able to spread this affiliate or this this list. Um, he doesn't have a lot of good characters that fight in the one v one. Yeah. Um, you're they're be- the best one v one characters are Voodoo, who is one of the best in the game because he can make you ignore extra. He can make you not count for extracts and right. just stand there. Um, Blade. Go- Blade's pretty good at the one v one. Ghost Rider's okay at the one v one, and then Rogue and Vision, obviously. Right. Um, everyone else is okay. Um, so I don't think it's as big of a deal. And I think you have enough control elements to do that. And I think this may, or depending on the point value and what the thing is, Hulk is an option here. Uh, cause you'll, he'll just start blasting people out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so let, let me ask you this then. So I feel like when I see, 18 so hammers or the spider portals i like my 18 with hulk in there i really like mm. that even no matter what uh, spider portals probably not actually with hulk but if i see 18 i'm feeling pretty good about hulk so it's when we get into those 19 or 20s where i start to get like because eh, then i'm taking like four wide at 19 potentially potentially and I don't know how I, I feel about that. I think you want to go a little bit wider. So I think characters that you should try really hard to, to force. Mordo's a good one. Oh, yeah. Strange, obviously. Voodoo. This may be an opportunity for you to bring out Hood. I was thinking the same thing. Um, and it may honestly be an opportunity to bring out Wong to heal since he's going to be fighting you. Yeah. Uh, Wong might help you stay alive. Uh, and honestly, Enchantress might could see the table here. Um, I think Enchantress will have enough control. And then she's also kind of her and Dr. Voodoo are both really good answers for, uh, if there's like a single objective and black cat comes to steal it, they're pretty good at getting it back. Yeah. And, um, let me, let me ask you this next question. I, I agree with you. I think that all of those are really great considerations. And I think that Enchantress specifically is one that I'm kind of jonesing to just, put in here almost regardless <laughs> you know just because one I think she's great two I think that especially in a matchup like this and a fighty matchup like this sweet beams all day long every day like I have to I literally yep. have a mantra that I say to myself anytime I see a character that has a beam on the other side of the table you know what that mantra is Merzane what is that don't set up sweet beams Will don't set up <laughs> don't, sweet beams Will don't set up sweet beams <laughs> don't set up sweet beams Will I literally say that to myself because I've been that person that's like, oh yeah, let me just, let me move this guy. I'm going to put this guy here. I'm going to put that guy there. And I'm like, oh crap, they're all on a line. Oh crap, here comes vision. <laughs> like I've <laughs> Definitely been be guy. careful with that. Yeah. So like, you know, maybe my opponent doesn't have that mantra and then I get to set up sweet beams with Enchantress and she can help me set those sweet beams up by making people move herself. Yep. Only one a turn now, but yes. Eh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. If you if you can move someone and get two people in a beam, it's better than one person in a beam. Exactly. Or even if it's just one person in a beam and you, you shoot them twice, get a couple power, and then move someone them or someone else off a point, you're fine. Yeah, that works for me. So um, one other thing, and this is something that I know from experience, if you can shoot a fat, strange shot after Blade has activated into Blade, the one that poisons, yeah. poison him. He's going to be real sad. Oh, yeah. Poison Blade, no fun. 
poison. So the reason poison is good into blades specifically, it's very good into everyone, but blade specifically doesn't like it because he has a superpower that lets him spend a power to shake rather than an action. Well, if he's not getting his power for turn because of poison, it's still really damaging. So it's one of the very few, um, in most situations, blade just pays a power and he doesn't care. But poison is one that actually can put you in a weird situation where you're like, do I actually shake this? Or if I do, do I actually spend a power? Because at that point, it's cost him two power to shake it with his superpower. Right. Because he got he, he missed one at the beginning of the round. And then he has to pay another one to get rid of it. Right. Now, the problem with that is really, really how I would want to set this up just in terms of like if, if we're talking about how to set up my team, I would want strange to poison someone else and then use a soul barb from Mordo to put it onto blade without doing any damage to blade that is ideal that is as ideal if, if somehow some way you can get blade with no power like maybe he used it all to do like a big turn and didn't stop next to anybody that was bleeding and you can do that that is going to be really brutal i believe so uh, especially because it's going to shut down bump of the night too so he can't bump in the night, he can't do a superpower, he can only move and attack if no one's near him. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that part of it too. Yes, I love it. Yeah, poison, I think poison can be very relevant here. Of course, you have to decide on whether or not you want to gain power or poison people. Yeah. I think poison can be very relevant in this matchup because Midnight Suns, they don't like having their power taken away. Right. And any way that you can make their power gains sad will, hurt, will help. So right. stuff like we talked about Enchantress. Enchantress getting shot on something like a Siege of Darkness turn, I kind of want to pay four power to hit her. Two for the Siege, two to make you roll two dice rather than five. Mm -hmm. And then people like Blade don't have that option because he's Mystic. So you'll just get your better your better defense anyway. Mm, yeah, I love it. Or when he does his throwing glaives... Well, it's only four dice, so hopefully we survive. <laughs> yeah, you should survive four dice. And then like Iron Fist and stuff, Iron Fist has the power for it and you want to drain his power anyway. You do want to poison Iron Fist if he brings Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. So here's kind of what I see happening. We're going to play 19 or 20. Yep. I just, I have that feeling, right? Because he's got two 19s and a 20 in his secures and he's got a 20 and 18 and a 16 in his extracts. And... Frankly, if I win priority, I want to pick extracts because I want one of the three. It doesn't matter which three. I want one of his three secure crisis because if he brings Terrigen, guess who has a Hulk? So I was actually thinking about that a little bit. Hulk may be a little sad because if he brings something like Vision and Ghost Rider they both have really good ways to kill Hulk. Um, maybe not in one activation, but you have to play very carefully because Siege of Darkness can put a lot of damage on him. And then it's very, those two are very good at finishing him. I do so, agree with you there. So if it, you have, if you're going to do that, you got to have field dressing ready. And you, if you bring, if you bring Wong, it's a little bit easier because you can help top him. You can up heal him and keep him out of trouble. But you, you have to be very careful of Pennant Stairs and um, Synthesoid Avengers. Yeah. Because they'll chunk you. Yeah. And let's talk about Ghost Rider for a second, because that's another character that 
we haven't discussed so much on this podcast because you don't use them very often. Not that you don't like them or anything, but you just haven't put them on the table a lot. Yeah. And I, I love Ghost Rider. Like current yes. Ghost Rider is amazing, but we have to discuss him because I expect if we're playing at these higher threat values, that's his highest threat character in his list. I expect to see him. I, I think he's going to be on the table. Right. And I think he'll have deal with the devil. And I think he will too. And I think he will have someone like Bullseye sitting there ready and and just waiting to be deal with the devil did. Yep. And I, I let me ask you this. If I see a Ghost Rider, and, and another thing that people don't understand about Ghost Rider is how freaking mobile he is. Very. He's so mobile. like Especially in Midnight Suns. He can literally get wherever he wants to go. And his Chains of Damnation hexing my people is nightmare. Incinerating, also not great, but a B3 on five dice I'm not as scared of as some of the other stuff. It's the Penance Stare because he can conceivably gain enough power on other people's turn if I'm damaging them to then get a Penance Stare onto Strange who usually gets pretty loaded up on power before Strange even has a chance to activate. And that would be terrible. Yeah, and even into someone like Strange, when he's when you're rolling 10, 10 dice Mystic into 5 dice Mystic, even the reverse pierce sometimes just isn't enough to help you. Exactly. So so I think I, there's two trains of thought with Ghost Rider. Starve him of power. He's going to get it anyways, but you still try to starve him as much as possible so that way he only gets to do one of the two cool things he gets to do. Mm-hmm. Or just go hard. And... I don't feel like that I have the firepower to just go hard. I think if for so, so here's an interesting thing about Ghost Rider. I think what you should try to do is you should try to daze him when he's injured, deal with the devils online, but then he has to make choices about how he's going to do power, especially when his health starts getting low. But if you can daze a target like bullseye, so let's say bullseye is the deal with the devil target. Mm -hmm. If the rest of his team which is ideal is dazed or the people, you know, he wants to to deal with the devil onto are dazed. Then he cannot deal with the devil onto them. Right. So you can force him into a hard decision. Like, well, I can lose my ghost rider or I can put it onto an injured blade right. or um, onto an injured Groot and get an injured one back. And it's not as bad if he's injured, but it's also, you also want him to use deal with the devil on someone that's not named bullseye because you want him to, to use as many points as possible. He, right, you want exactly. a high value character out of that exchange. Exactly. And, and I don't think that he's going to have an opportunity to just hide bullseye in a corner somewhere. If we don't like, like if we get spider portals, yeah, he can kind of let bullseye hang out on the back portal and, and just plink away. Right. But yeah. outside of that, if he's not bringing Bullseye up into the fight, I'm kind of okay with that. Well, even if it's like a like a demon's downtown, it's not hard with some of your range oh, to just yeah. like plink a shot at him and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like so. if, you, if you teleport a strange up in the mix Ooh, and yeah. like shoot him, it's not if he's incinerated, it's not highly unlikely you'll you won't yeah. kill him in one hit. Yeah. So. Let's talk about point values here, and let's talk about, so like we, we've talked about a lot of different things that my opponent can get. I think that 
you know, I kind of know how to deal with Black Cat. You know, if we get hammers or alien ship or the um, Montessi formula, like with Montessi, you can only hold one of them. So if Black Cat gets one early, then there you go. She's not going to steal mine. If she doesn't get one early and she's coming for a steal, I can deal with that, I think. Uh, same with alien ship, you know, you've got to get up there to try to flip it. And then you can kind of, you know, you only get one move action. You take the damage if you didn't do an attack, that kind of stuff. So I think that there's there's some play that I can deal with there. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm not too worried about Black Cat here. I'm not too, you know, I understand how to deal with Blade. I understand how to deal with Voodoo. You know, if Voodoo possesses someone, make him recall his spirit. Period. Recall the spirit? Recall the spirit. And if he doesn't, and he lets Voodoo get dazed, great. Guess who's going to hopefully die on the next turn? And that's a Voodoo. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is when you played against Black Cat last, your opponent had advanced R&D to give her power. Mm -hmm. So turn two, her thing was live. Um, unless she's attacking or you're attacking her, her steel will not be active until round three so it's a little bit easier to play around um because mm -hmm. he doesn't have any other ways to give power exactly one other thing we haven't discussed yet specifically about Groot is his root ability i was just thinking about that is his <laughs> tangling vines to root my people will be a nightmare too it it can be very annoying uh i, I think it's a it, it's one of those things where again like power starving those kind of characters he's not going to build a lot of character a lot of power on his own. So unless you're really going for the kill, just chump shots on Groot probably isn't a good idea. Yeah. Because he'll, he'll give it, he'll just heal it back most likely. And then he'll have power to root you. The only way I would give like cheap shots into Groot is if like you need to use him to build your own power with someone. Like, <laughs> well, that's someone the, that's shooting an energy shot. <laughs> as I say, that's the thing. Like my energy shots that build power are exclusive to magic and it's only a one power no matter what. And then you've got Enchantress. That's it. Those are those are my energy power builders. Yeah, so, so you don't have a... There's not a lot of reasons to attack him unless you're getting the double attack to kill him. Exactly. And then you you do want to kill him. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, that's one of the things I think is like, this is going to be one of those games where typically I don't mind the fight, but I've also been realizing about myself. I've been playing a little more aggressive in that way. And this is one where, okay, I can attack. Is it the best option for me to attack? Yep. And and one of the things I think I have to think about in this game is like, okay, Strange is on two power. I can attack and try to build a little power and maybe do another teleport because maybe I've already done one that round. Or I just wait till next round, get three power at the start of the turn, and then start the train of death or the train of teleporting or whatever I need to do. Yep. Instead of just trying, because what I've been doing a lot lately is just like, get Strange to 10, get him there as fast as possible, get as much power on Strange, 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 Strange. And I think I've been a little bit more, more aggressive than maybe I need to with that strategy. Mm -hmm. And so I think that playing a little bit of a different game in this one might be might be good and turning it on when I need to turn it on. Yeah. It, this is, so one of the things about just Midnight Suns in general, a good way to, to combat them is to power starve them. So not playing their game, making them come to you is very good because they have to spend power to do it and actions most likely. They don't like it. So if they if they come to you, you're already ahead because you have the range. 
and you have the control to deny him. And then also, um, when they do come in, if they're not doing damage, it is not a terrible idea to just make them leave. So like, just teleport someone away. So yeah. if like blade bump and moves and swings at someone and does a single damage and gets a single power and then another one for bleeding you or whatever, just teleport him away. He's not a problem. Yeah. Like, what will be a problem is if you attack him and get him to three or four life or do three or four damage to him and he gets back up next turn and can do all of his cool stuff all of a sudden and then stand next to two or three bleeding people and heal all that damage back anyway. Yeah. Or in, and in his list, he's got med pack and we are Groot. Right. Um, to do that even more. Uh, just denying him that power when you find the opportunity is good. Uh, yeah. like throwing people with voodoo is going to be a good option. Um, yeah, I think this is a like strange voodoo Clea game in a lot of Clea's, ways. Clea is good. Um, I do, Like I said, I do think Hulk, Hulk is potentially good, but you have to play him really well. He's very good control. Um, you just have to make sure that if he brings those big hitters like Ghost Rider and uh, uh, Vision, and you Rogue. don't put him in the middle of them. And you have to be really careful with positioning around the rest of the team until he uses Siege of Darkness because a Siege of Darkness turn into Hulk can be very painful. Yeah. And if he does, you need to be able to pick him up and you need to immediately activate him and you need to get him out. Yeah. And, and I think Wong is good here. <laughs> so, Well, let's, so let's talk about point values. Okay. So, so most likely point value is, let's see, 19 or 20, I think is, is our most likely possibility because he has in his, secure crisis two 19s and a 20 and then he's got 19 18 16 so i've got the two 19s and an 18 and then 18 17 20 so 19 or 20 probably 18 Mm -hmm. 19 20 so at 18 you could take like strange hulk wong is 13 uh 17 is voodoo so we can't do him um you could do Mordo and Clea. Or I'd say I could do Clea be, and Hood. You could do Clea and Hood. I think Mordo and Hood would be better. Mordo and Hood, yeah. I think, interestingly enough, I think Mordo buffing some Hood pistol shots would be fun. Yes. And uh, uh, he can also heal some of your. Oh, actually, Hood may not be good because he's going to bleed people for your for their blade. I mean, only when he's flipped into his demon side. Well, no, he's going to bleed your guys when he heals them. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> One second. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe not Hood. Maybe Hood is a trap. Uh, yeah. And then he, he he's also not upset with getting hit with Mystic, except with Iron Fist. Yeah, Iron Fist is so, it. But, like, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe Mordo Clea. I think Mordo and Clea is interesting here. I, and this is the thing. Like, I think Hulk... I like Hulk, right, at 18. Mm-hmm. So, like, my my thought of 18 is strange voodoo Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mordo. Strange voodoo Hulk is 10, 15, and Clea and, or Mordo. And Clea or Mordo, yeah. That can work. And uh, I like that. You could also drop Hulk in this instance and pick up Wong Enchantress. That's also what I was thinking too. And the reason being, so like, like if we pull Montessi, I'm bringing Wong because Wong with a book is just awesome. 
I think if you can get Wong and Hulk on Montesi, that's where you want to go. Yeah. Because Wong can get a book and then Hulk is your best bet to grab. Oh, no, he can't grab the middle point. Never mind. You're not playing Midnight Suns like I am. I'm not. (laughs) It's it's not as easy for Hulk to get up there and grab that middle one, but I can still, I don't have a problem turn one. If I send Hulk up the middle to grab that like right away, number one, first go, just double walk Hulk, grab that middle one. Yeah, because he doesn't have a lot of ways to do a bunch of damage to you, and if you keep priority, you can get him back. Exactly. And then also, even if you like, you lose priority, if he moves someone up to grab it, he doesn't have anyone that can do the bump and grab. Iron Fist kind of. Iron Fist has to double move, grab, and then bump. He's the only one, really. Right. Uh, you could just double move and yeet him back. I was just line. thinking that. Like, yeah, whoever he sends up to grab it. And this applies for a hammer, too. Really? Like, either hammer. Like, if we get hammers and we're playing at 18. I mean. Yeah, true. Or, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're playing at 18, I don't necessarily have a Wong there. But I've got a Hulk. And then. I could forego giving Hulk that middle one like I always do and just walk Hulk up to one side. If I have priority, well, then it's an easy decision. If I don't have priority, whatever side he goes for, Hulk just yeets that guy back into my line and I just start blasting. Yep. Right? I mean, that's that seems reasonable. I think you would probably do something like, I don't know, maybe uh, Mord- not Mordo, uh, Voodoo on one side, Hulk on the other. Yeah. So you're like, do you want to give Voodoo or do you want to give Hulk a hammer? And if you go first, you probably choose Voodoo. And then if he goes, depending on who who gets paired up against them, right? And then then you're like, all right, if you come forward, I will just double move and throw you with Hulk. Or you could double move. You could move. Potentially, I think you can move, jump, and then punch. Yeah, I could move, jump, punch, throw. Yep. If you get the two power. Oof. And if you bring Wong in that equation, Wong can use first action. Uh first action meditate send a power to hulk so you only need to do one damage to do the the, <laughs> the throw at this point yeah oh that'd be disgusting or even give the power to, uh, to strange, strange so, he can so strange could teleport him over i was just thinking that <laughs> or strange can teleport himself like so like if hulk moves forward and uh throws then strange can teleport himself forward and double shoot into whoever you just threw Oh, that would be so gross, and I so want to do it. <laughs> yeah, so Hulk, maybe get you just have to play him very carefully. You yeah. cannot give him up for free. Yeah. He's a lot of points. And and I think that I think I don't play him on anything other than 17 or 18. I think 19 and 20, I need to go a little wider. I think on 20, you can do it. Um, but yeah, going wider is fine. The, the thing is... Uh, so let's, let's, just, I want to talk about 19, because I do feel like yeah. 19 is a bit of a hole in my list. So when we took it 19, again, I start with strange voodoo, period, every time. That's my yep. nine points no matter what, right? Yep. So now I've got to build 10 points. If I go with Hulk, that means that I've only got a slot for a four-threat character because I don't have two two-threats. True. So that means I'm playing four wide at 19. I don't feel like that's good. Like, I, I just... I. I don't know why. Maybe my opponent only plays four wide also playing Midnight Suns, but... But he'll he'll beat you out on priority with follow me and stuff. Exactly. Uh, I think you go... I think at 19. Because what's what's the 19s you could play at? It's There's, The 19s is Demons and Intrusions. And I think on Demons, Clea 
is one of them because she's immune to incinerate. So mm-hmm. she just sits on that back point and hangs out. So then that's 12 between Strange Voodoo Clea. That's 12. Uh, Wong, because he can clear people's incinerates without them having to shake mm-hmm. and then heal people for the intrusions. And then that's four more points Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, you can, and if it's not, I think if it's demons, Ooh, actually no. Mordo is so good because can Mordo move incinerates around with soul barb? He can. He would be really good there. Cause if he's keeping people off so they don't get incinerated, you can be like, no, 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 no friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You're within two of the person that is incinerated. Guess what? You're incinerated too. <laughs> yeah. So, so strange voodoo. Hang on. Listen to this. Strange voodoo, Clea. If, if demons, this is if well, demons, mm-hmm. because intrusions, I don't need Clea as much. Right. So if demons, strange voodoo, Clea. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's 12. Mordo makes 15. 15. Mm-hmm. Right. Enchantress. Enchantress. I like it. I like and it. it. And then if uh, it's in, if it's intrusions, strange voodoo, Mordo is still good here. Yes. Um, that's twelve. So you have seven more points. So you could do like magic. Wong. Uh, who's your other threes? So I've got magic, Wong, Clea, and Hood here. Oh, no, you can't do Wong. As I say, I can't do Wong, but I could do Magic and Enchantress then. Yeah, Magic and Enchantress would be good. And then I could Journey to Limbo somebody, which I really want to do. You could Journey to Limbo somebody, put them in the middle of their team, and then Mordo can go and Soul Barb that incinerate other people. Oh, my God. That'd be so much fun to have that combo. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. I don't think that combo would happen, but if it does, I'd be so happy. It's definitely one of those things, like, if you do it onto someone that's already activated... Then they can like choose one person to to like not get incinerated, yep. and you're like, all right, Mordo, Soul Barb. Yep, that'd be awesome. So, with all of this discussion here, because we're we're running through through hypotheticals and stuff like that. Now let's let's talk about tactics cards, right? Because yep. again, I think what my opponent wants to do, and look, every game's different, and we're predicting what my opponent might do. He could throw me a curveball and do something completely different that I'm totally unexpected for, right? I think he's gonna play Ghost Rider. I think yep. he's going to play Voodoo, and he's going to play Blade. What does that equal right there? What is that? Um, uh, that is 13. 13. So I, I think those three are almost definitely in the list, right? Yep. So then figuring out what he brings on top of that, I feel like I can deal with. Rogue, Vision, one of those two, both of them, I feel like we can figure that out in the moment. But mm-hmm. let's talk about tactics cards wise because i see he brought indomitable if i bring hulk i'm whoever goes is gonna get indomitable one time for sure right like he's gonna probably bring indomitable because he sees hulk in my list i would expect yes so i'm not actually worried about him bringing indomitable here because i think it actually plays to me if he does and then i don't bring hulk so even if he does like Hulk has enough displacement that if you really want to displace him, you can't even through the, the exactly. exactly. But I think for me, looking at his list, other than rogue vision and voodoo, his access to throws aren't super great. And so he I think I bring has brace. throws on Groot spender and iron fist spender. Right. But that's specific circumstances. Right. So with that, 
I think I only bring Brace and not Indomitable here. Because looking at like push possibilities as well, he doesn't really have a lot of it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Brace, I think you do take Brace. I think Indomitable is a little iffy here. Yeah. And the biggest reason is just because he can't displace me very well. Yep. And Indomitable, while most people, myself included, think of it as turning off character throws, which it does very well, it also turns off pushes and stuff like that, which is arguably the more valuable part of it, is turning off those pushes. So I don't think I need to bring Indomitable, and that opens up a tactics card slot for me. And so I think there's a case for advanced R&D here. Maybe the big thing with advanced R&D is there's really not a lot of reason to, there's no proactive reasons to use it. The proactive reason would be to get strange four power right off the rip. Mm-hmm. So I could teleport immediately. True. That'd be, uh, that'd be the argument, but then I have or, Wong for that. Yeah. If you take Wong, I don't think you take R&D. Correct. I think you take R&D if you think there's a situation where you can like Hulk throw teleport strange or if you want to double move strange and yeet someone back into your line that way. Yeah. I think that's when you take it. Anything else I don't think you really take it for. Right. The only other excuse you'd have to take it is if he brings Ghost Rider and you want to dump power off someone and spread it so that he can't get a good penance there. Right. But that's really weird tech. Right. So with that then... Is this an opportunity to bring the Orb of Agamotto then? If I don't bring Advanced R&D, is the Orb of Agamotto in play here? Because then I'm able to, again, right off the rip, teleport Strange range 3, and then he's in attack range of anything in the middle, depending on where I put him, basically. Let me let me think about this. So you're you're bringing Brace, Field Dressing, and, and Books. Correct. Those are your three. You're looking for two. If you, you don't need Journey Through Limbo if you don't bring Magic. Exactly. He doesn't have any... The only defensive rerolls he has are blade so with blade you could mark for death but you probably don't need to especially if you're doing energy into him because you won't have the power for it or you can't do it with energy and if you're doing like strange mystic you've got the pierce so it's not as bad maybe not as necessary for that but if you do want a blade killer that's that's available yeah um plane is good i think you take yeah blade i think i take plane. plane which is my I think if you re-roll take, mystics i think if you take magic you bring uh, limbo exactly don't, I completely agree if you don't you default to orb and then R&D if you need it um, if for some reason you don't feel like you're going to get a lot of energy attacks you can take marked to kill blade but I will say blade's not your priority target I agree turning off the uh, leadership is not as important as getting rid of vision rogue ghost rider yeah and, and his attack types aren't that bad for you. he's going to bleed you and that's annoying and he can potentially get like good big attacks with his builder into a spender Correct. combo. But it's not the worst. Um, and especially if you have like Wong removing special conditions, removing bleeds for you, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. He, he's mostly not, he's probably going to mostly be sitting in the back waiting for his opportunity to strike on someone and you'll just eventually get to him. I think if we, in terms of looking at the crisis setup, right? Mm-hmm. I think if we get alien ships crash downtown, so if we get the Cree Corps then I think legitimately advanced R&D is in play because then I can still have a power on someone after activating with the thing potentially. Yeah. And I think if he does get alien ships, I think goal number one, get the ship. 
Goal number two, uh, throw Brother Daniel onto Black Cat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So with that said now, all of this in discussion here, let's put a bow on this yep. and say we roll off. I win priority. I've already said I think I pick extracts. Do you agree with that? Um, The only difference you have in extracts is Montessing versus research station. Correct. And the only difference for secures is portals. I think you would rather see Montessi than you would over research station. than you would rather see portals over uh, what Terrigen mist Terrigen mist. Yeah. Terrigen mist is really annoying for you, but you also like 20. He likes 20 and you have a Hulk. So right at 20, you, at 20 Hulk's in. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you don't mind that as much. Um, you just have to play it well and be aware of poisons. Like you have to take poison into account for all of your pre- like. When you're thinking of next round, just always assume you're going to be poisoned. Right. Um, but I think that that one's not as bad for you as Research Station. I don't think you want to be in a 16 point scrap fest. I don't think so either. I think I could deal with it, and and I think so. One of the changes I made to my list was specifically around the 16-point value. And I have Enchantress in here now specifically for 16. Now, she's not as good on Research Station because of the it turns off her steel, but at the same time, moving people off, which she yep. can do right off the rip with her power, mm-hmm. I think I still play her at 16. Like, if that, like, I think that's the worst-case scenario is Research Station and we play at 16. I don't think my opponent wants to play at 16. I really don't. I don't know. I think if if he gets priority and you're stuck with that, I think you choose 16 because you take Strange Voodoo Enchantress. That's 13 Wong. Uh, 16. I would eat, I would take Mordo there. Mordo. You're right. No, I don't know how to count. <laughs> I can't read. I can't count. Yeah, you're good. So I, I so, agree with you. I don't. I don't hate that at all. But what does he take at 16? Yeah. Well, so you probably lock him out of Ghost Rider. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd about be his core being 13 blade, if he takes Ghost Rider. Voodoo. Bullseye. So blade Voodoo. If he takes Ghost Rider, then he has to take a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. And you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. If he takes Blade, Bullseye, Black Cat, or Blade, sorry, Blade, Voodoo, Black Cat, that's 11. He's he would, got five points to work with. Why would he take Black Cat on Research Station? Stagger's still good. Okay, too fair. Iron Fist is probably better though. Yeah, I, I would say I, I would expect to see Iron Fist, Moon Knight. I would I would expect to see Groot, frankly. Groot's good on that. What she could do with the, at sixteen with uh, Ghost Rider, but I think that's okay for you because you've got way more control than he has, and you just I don't think you start taking the researcher to him. I think you start like it depending on the scenario lateral. at that point, you just take it to like back left <laughs> or back right corner. Uh huh. Like not towards him, so you don't have to go to him. And again, like you make him come to you, mm-hmm. and then, like, or even even if you do take it to him, like he either has to stand there, and like stand on the point, and then you can throw him off it again, or, um, you make it like you have to like he has to try to like fight you off of it. Yeah. So it might actually not be a bad idea if somehow you get research station, but you want to be able to control that. Right. You want sixteen. Which is, again, a reason why I still think ultimately, though, 
Well, all right. So then I, I agree. Actually, you've talked me into it that I don't think it's a bad idea. So since we have two out of three the same extract and research station may not be a bad plan, what about if I pick secures then because ultimately maybe is I think spider portals might be better for me again because of my control elements maybe maybe but I think if you if you accidentally research station you want to choose 16 and he might not yeah of course you could also if you go 16 you could do and I know you're gonna say this is blasphemy you go Hulk voodoo enchantress Wong I've I've heard tale of such a thing before and I do feel like it's a little bit blasphemy uh, and that would not be affiliated either because you said Hulk, Enchantress, Wong, and Voodoo. Oh, you're right. I can't count. It's okay. It's okay. I, but I've legitimately... Enchantress should be affiliated. Her and Loki should be affiliated. Rant over. Completely agree. But, I mean, there is an argument for, I mean, at that point, maybe bringing Hulk, Voodoo, that's 10, and then Clea Mordo? Potentially, yeah. I don't know. I don't like that, though. No, uh, it's and and I I think keeping strange in is kind of my happy place. It's your zen area. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all this to say, I feel like I still want to pick my extracts because if I get Montessi, I feel really good about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas if I don't get Montessi, well then like oh uh, you know okay because I think that my other two extracts are neutral, just like you know hammers and alien ship, very neutral. I think. Yep. And then they are. And I, you know, we've talked about Terrigen Mist a good bit here. Twenty threat potentially, and then, but Hulk is immune to poison, and I feel like Hulk on Terrigen Mist. You know, maybe I don't line him up directly with one or the other Terrigen Mist. Maybe I put him in the middle of the board and say, okay, you have to commit to one of these, and whoever you move over to one of these, then I'm going to change where I go with Hulk. Yep. And, like, the two characters we talked about him being a little scared of, he's also not bad at killing them. Like, Ghost Rider? Yeah. Uh, if he gets the jump on a Ghost Rider, he'll eat him for Yes. Life. Yes. I have seen this happen, and it's wonderful. And what's even better is if Ghost Rider uses his power that he gets early from me attacking people, if I do that, because, again, we talked about starving, so if he gets his power early and he, hell, and he does the Hell on Wheels, or, yeah, Hell on Wheels, to get into range... Well, then, I mean, I'm okay with that, mm -hmm. I think, because then he doesn't have any power to Indomitable, potentially. There's also know. the idea that if he, um, if you can burn down Ghost Rider early, because you, you, like we talked about, power starving will be a little hard, it ends up sort of power starving him, because he'll have power, but it's not like you gave power to someone else and then also incidentally gave it to Ghost Rider. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Yeah. And, and there's going to be a lot of fighting, and it's hard to plan for fighting. It is hard, because you never know what the dice are going to do. So you've, I've got to be dynamic. I've got to avoid the tilt. And yep. the, the only thing I'm going to say about that is I watched a game recently where a player was down, kind of like I was in one of my matches, not to zero, 12 to zero, but it was like 12 or 13 to like four or five, right? I mean, it was very heavily in the other person's favor and they only needed to score just a few more points and they had control of the single extract and 
one player was trying to encourage the other one to just not encourage them directly, not saying, well, you should just concede because I've got it in the bag. But they were they were kind of making noises that they maybe that should have been what happened. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fine. Whatever. A table talk is a thing. But the other player kept playing, kept plugging along, kept going for it, took the win. It yep. was wonderful to watch because it was an example of just play cool. Just play cool. There's all, you know, find out what your out is, make good decisions, you know, had some bad dice early. It's a long game. In round six, ended up taking the win. And I mean, it, it that is an example. That right there inspired me to like, what's my out? Every single time I'm at the table. Every single turn. What is my out? How do I gain an advantage here? Where do I score points? Do I take priority if I do this? Do I lose priority if I do this? How am I getting points towards victory? How am I going to go up? Where can I position myself for next turn to be successful? Stuff like that. Identifying when you have advantage, why you have advantage, and where to press it is also important. Mm -hmm. But definitely... That can be hard, but I feel like it's not as hard as when you're behind recognizing what to do. Absolutely. Where, why are you losing? Why are you behind? And what pressure gets you back in the game? And you really do need to constantly adjust and constantly figure that out because this is, this game can shift so quick. I mean, you can be, like you said, a four, what a fourteen to four lead is that what you said? It, I mean, it was it was it was something crazy like twelve to th- twelve or thirteen points to like four or five. Yeah, you can you can turn a game like that around and win. Just yeah, like, and you could just start blowing someone out of the water. Right, and so, it's crazy because like you know I was watching a, a good bit of that game and there was like a quote unquote obvious move that that could it could have been made and I say quote unquote because it's like okay this the opponent has the single extract and you've got to take that but what the the guy that ended up winning did he didn't immediately go after that single extract he focused on the secures let that extract score another point another time so that so the opponent ended up getting 15 points it was like 15 to 8 or 9 mm-hmm. and again was able to snowball it to a point where they came back and won and like that's the thing like just because somebody has the point or has a point you know if you can keep them from winning on a turn and continue the game then you've got another chance yep and that's that's what i've got to remember and i encourage everyone out there to remember as they play and there i think i've said it before there are certainly times where like you have lost like there, there are times where you start a turn and you are around and you realize there's nothing I can do. Exactly. That happens. And sometimes identifying that and playing it out just to do the best you can is a good thing. You go ahead and do it. There's no, there's no, you lose nothing to try because sometimes what you'll find is partway through that round, you're like, wait a minute. You, maybe your opponent makes a mistake because you never want to tell them exactly what to do that. Why, why yeah. you lost. Sometimes your, your opponent may not see it. Your opponent may go, oh man, I need to go ahead and move here. And that moving there, them standing in that spot they were standing before was the reason you were losing. And mm-hmm. so now you can you can pressure that and you can get a win. 
um, you know, even good players, quote, quote, good players, people that you think would you wouldn't normally make a, a mistake like that can make mistakes like that. Oh, absolutely. It's always worth playing till the end. Yeah. If you have the time and you're not if you if you stay calm, if you get upset and you just want to quit, that's fine. You know, it's a game about having fun first. So exactly. if you're not having fun, that's one thing. But if you're still looking for that win, if you're still playing the game and you're not getting tilted and you're, you know, you're staying calm, that's what you do is you try to stay calm and you find your opponent's mistakes. Like you said, his opponent was able to what score, score 12 points from yeah. behind to win. That's, that's crazy. And it happens all the time. Yep. Yep. And, and so not only did, yeah, they scored, they ended up exceeding 16 points. I think the final score was like 19 to 15 in how it all shook out. It was, it was a glorious thing. Like it was really was a shining example of just stay in the course. I played a game similar to that at a local event. Got me and a guy, uh, Daniel, he, uh, was playing, uh, Wakanda. Versus my, who, what was I playing? I don't remember what I was playing. Uh, may have been also Wakanda. Something like that. Um, God, I can't remember what I was playing. I can't remember what I was playing. Anyway, he uh, we played 14 points on sword and alien ships. And what ended up happening is he went up 15 to zero. Wow. Because he got the core with Corvus. Uh, oh, nice. And got the sword base three turns in a row and it was very frustrating and people thought I was on tilt because I was getting very frustrated and a little short because I was trying to concentrate and try to speed up because I didn't want the game to go to time sure and he often said you know if you're not if you're upset and you're not like you're not having fun you can stop I'm like no I'm having fun a little <laughs> short I know I know I'm a, I'm a little tilted but I'm I'm in it I was able to come back and make it 15 to 15 and going into round seven wow uh, he managed to get it. He got both and went up 20 to 15. Um, but it was a crazy game. It was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of stupid stuff. Like, uh, he moved his Shuri in range of my Cassandra Nova who rolled her traps thing and did like four damage to her to kill her. Oh my gosh. Something or three or four damage and just like finished her off. It was nuts. And like he, he got, I didn't get die. I'm not saying I got dice, but he got a few good dice rolls to kill me at the end. And like, stuff happened but it was a great game and one that would not have been a great very fun game on my end had i not stuck with it and yeah continued playing yeah uh very fun and when i like i said almost won he ended up winning but i i think it was still worth playing out and i still enjoyed it uh being a little on tilt but controlling it so i didn't you know quit and get upset and get mad and i wasn't mad at him after the game and i wasn't mad for losing it was just one of those uh Oh, it's 15 to zero. Uh-huh. Yep, oh. I, I get it. I get it. Well, Merzane, I think that that is a great place to stop for tonight. And, you know, talking about avoiding till and all that fun stuff, but playing it out, having fun. And if anyone is interested in watching this match, it is going to be Friday. That would be March 18th. Speaking of 18 or 19 points, there you go. And it's going to be at 2 in the afternoon, CDT, because we're no longer in ST time, we're in DT time. Uh, maybe next it's going to be DDT time. I don't know. 
<laughs> if you get that reference. But anyways, we are playing our match. going to be streaming over at twitch.tv slash Darth Balls, and that's Balls with a Z, 05. So I'll make sure to put a link out. I'll put it on our Facebook page, which if you're not already liked over there, make sure to like us and follow us over there. We post Crisis Protocol stuff. Anytime there's some news, we'll post about that. Try not to blow up your news feed too much, just uh, you know, once or twice a week here when we can. And uh, so make sure to, to like us and follow us over there. Also, you can, like I said earlier, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And it's for a dollar a month. So as little as 12 bucks a year, you can help support the show and help pay for the hosting and the giveaways that we do, which I just heard that there's April is when the new pack is supposed to be out, the Grunts characters. So... Expect another giveaway for those guys in April, so I'm really excited to do that. And then also, uh, if you're able and you're in the area, or at least driving distance in the area, we're doing an event here locally at War Room Hobbies, and it's going to be on Saturday at like 10 a.m. You can check our uh, Facebook page for the event details on that. It's on there. And we'll be uh, up there playing some games and everything, so shout out to War Room Hobbies for hosting that. And if you're interested in buying some models or some hobby supplies or anything for any hobby-related things and you don't have an LGS convenient to you, you can check out warroomhobbies.com and use MCP2022 at checkout to get a little discount there. So, yeah, check check that out if you want to. And uh, I don't get any kickback from that. It's just something that you can do. And then also, lastly... Make sure to, if you're able, on the platform of your choice, I know Spotify, I think, just got this capability. Please, please, please leave us a five-star review. Write some words on there. It really helps us get noticed by other people looking for Crisis Protocol content and get the word out about House Party Protocol and everything, you know? And look, even if you don't love what we do here, I mean five stars right i mean come on like at least one or two of my jokes is worth a star of a three-star podcast right right merzane i think so exactly. I, I think it carries exactly so if anything please five stars leave a review it would hugely help out for our visibility and then also uh on the other platform that you're able to leave a review it would be most definitely appreciated and merzane where can people find you I have my own podcast called Advanced R&D, where we build uh, really stupid lists because we're really stupid people with people who are way smarter than us. Uh, that's me and my uh, co-host, Kenny. Both of us are also on the Gamers Guild podcast, also with people smarter than us, uh, where we kind of do something a little similar, where we kind of bridge the gap between the casual and competitive. Uh, from casual, if you want to bump up into the competitive scene. It's all the starter stuff you need to go to like an event. Sort of what we talk about here. Love it. I love it. Yes. Make sure to check that out. It's always a good time. I've been listening in a little bit. It's it's good stuff. So, yeah. With that, party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits. And this concludes the special report. Tune in next week for more.